Hey, welcome to episode 122 of the Bobbycast. It's a Saturday at about 1 p.m. Because I'm not allowed to just have a day where I hang out. We decided to do another Bobbycast. I was watching the news just now, and there was a story about these Uber drivers, and they're not going through sufficient background checks. Meaning they meet the requirements, I guess, of what Uber says you have to have. But even then, some are falling through the cracks. And one of them, if I'm remembering correctly, one of the drivers had been busted in the past for uh, sh- like taking in rockets to another country. Like smuggling in rockets. Rockets? There, Yeah, there have been guys with DUIs. It just may, makes me think that when I go and I get into an Uber, I trust them so much. Yeah. Without any reason whatsoever, I get in an Uber and I feel as safe as uh, on, on the teat of my mother. <laughs> I'm like, well, all good and all safe. I don't even put my seatbelt on in the back seat until I have to remind myself that this is just a dude. Like, there's nothing about this dude that's any safer than when I drive. And when I drive, I want everybody to wear their seatbelts. As a matter of fact, I'm probably a way better driver. But because it's their job, I think, well... Super safe here. Yeah. Just like a doctor. Two people I trust, my doctor and my Uber drivers. (laughs) But I was watching this story, and I remember in Austin, they had Uber. Then it went away because the city didn't agree with the background check policy. Yeah. And then it came back, and there really hasn't been a major shift in what it was. I'm happy it's back. I just feel like now I'm, I'm, I'm just, I know the risks. That's probably an idiot behind the wheel. And I should put my seatbelt on. Once, Mike and I were in Denver, and we had to get to a work event. And if we're for work, I'll order the nicer car, or Mike will order the nicer car if it's both of us. And so work's paying for it. And so we ordered like a, a, a extra large. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that's called. The Uber the, XL? The Uber XL. Yeah, and it's always like 10 bucks more. Whatever. I'm not paying for it, and I'm trying to get somewhere comfortably. But these Uber XLs are often... The big black SUVs. Yeah, Escalade, Yukon. Nice. And then this really old van pulls up that when I got inside of it, I thought, this isn't even safe. Like, this is what I used to ride around as a kid with my uncle. We'd go roofing houses, like holes in the floorboard. You could see the ground underneath it, kind <laughs> of unsafe. Uh, so we're in the, and as soon as we didn't shut the door, I'm going, oh man, this isn't safe. And the girl goes, it's my birthday. <laughs> and I uh, huh? Because I also like to get in and just hang out. I'm not trying to have discussions really with anyone ever, just ever, especially uh, on an airplane, try to take a nap. In an Uber, I'm trying to focus and not get car sick. In an elevator, I just don't want someone to fart. There are all these places I'm just trying not to have any extra. And so she goes, my birthday. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> she goes, when's your birthday? And she's talking to us. And so there's this bit of conversation. She's driving a little erratic because she keeps looking back at us as she's talking to us about our birthdays. And then she says, how do you feel about my music? Now, I don't get offended at profanity and music, but it was the dirtiest hip-hop. Like the raunchiest stuff you could play. Dirtiest F, 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 P, 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 mother. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? You don't say you're You just get through the ride. But before I walked over here to the studio, I was watching the story about Uber, and I go, man, we just have to realize that if you're going to order an Uber, the risk you take is death. That's it. 
They are not any better than you are driving. They just happen to have a car, and this is their job instead of what our job is. We've just selected a different job. I did get into a car. I, and I have a few times with people who have other jobs who just do it as kind of a side hustle. Yeah. But again, they're no better driver than I am. It's not like an 18, like a, like a big rig. Like your, drive, your dad drives a big rig. Yeah. He probably has special training. Yeah, he had to take a CDL. Okay, to drive an Uber, I think you just have to go through the car wash. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't even think it has to stay clean. No, I mean, I think they inspect your car maybe once or just see like at least what it looks like on paper. I think that's about it. Yeah, so... That was the whole deal. I was, uh, before I came up, I was just going to talk about a few things that have happened this week, but I was watching that, that Uber story this morning. Um, but yeah, yeah, heads up there. Uh, the whole Roseanne thing happened, and I was reading last night that they may now replace the main character and do Darlene's character, and it may be based around her now. Hmm. Now... I had heard that Roseanne owned the rights to all those characters. I don't know how that works and how a show stays that successful. You may look this up because a lot of things I talk about, I just hear. So I'm probably like 20% wrong in everything that I talk about. But the story was that the show may revolve around Darlene's character. And so I had talked about on the show earlier this week, just off the top of my head, shows that I could remember where the main character was gone and the show kept going. And at first I brought up Valerie, which... I was so young. I barely remember it, but I watched it in reruns where Valerie Harper was the mom. Jason Bateman was actually the old teenage son on that show. And it turned into the Harper family, and Sandy Duncan came in as the aunt. And that was one I thought of. Two and a Half Men has been one that's come back because Charlie Harper, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. I said, hey, let's reboot this thing. Let's get it going again. Uh, so that was one. So... I started reading stories going down the rabbit hole of other shows this has happened to. And some of them I just forgot about. Like Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Shocking. (laughs) That was one where the main character is the main character until right at the moment he's not anymore. Yeah. And I think at this point it's not a spoiler because it's season one. Yeah, it's early on. It's like right away. And so the main character that the show is built around, Game of Thrones, dies in the first season. And the entire time right before it happens, you're going, I wonder who's going to save him. Like, how's this going to end? Who's going to save him? And, and all of a sudden, dead. And then you go, how does this show even go on? Uh, but it did. And that show actually got better. But I think that head character leaving was actually in the writing of the story. The Roseanne, this is the thing where they had yeah. planned it out. But I was shocked by the Game of Thrones one. Two and a half men, obviously. And I thought the show was still pretty strong. I faded off of it as the kid got a bit older because it seems some of the scenarios got a little weird. Yeah. You know, when he's 17, 18, it's really not, he's not a half man anymore. It's like three men. <laughs> uh, so, and I thought they could have brought in to save it like the Cosby show did. Whenever Rudy got older, they brought in Olivia because they needed that little kid again to bring some of those storylines back into it. You remember Olivia? I don't remember Olivia. Uh, Raven Simone? Oh, that's what, that was the character's name? Yeah. Oh. I believe. I'm just going from memory here. But So Rudy was getting older. She was getting to be a teenager, and a big part of that show was, ironically, the wholesome dad and his relationship with the young child, how funny it was. You know, Bill Cosby with the kids. Kids do the darndest thing. And so Olivia came back in and took that role. I thought they could have brought in another kid and made it, you know, kind of a three and a half men type thing. They didn't. They didn't need yeah. to. But uh, but Jake got old and it got weird. 
I thought when Ashton came in, it was pretty good for a minute because I watch it on reruns now. But it, it runs its course. Uh, the Office is one. Oh, yeah. It definitely lost a step and a half. I thought that Andy was a pretty strong character. I loved the Will Ferrell episodes when it was Will Ferrell, when he came in and they did the whole run as Will Ferrell was the guy transitioning. I thought those were really funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, eventually it kind of lost its steam and they ended the show right. Nashville, and now I didn't know this until I started looking these up. Nashville, because Connie Britton left, and Deacon, Charles Esten, still is the lead. They're showing the last half of the season there. But when she left, I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall, and there's not a whole lot left because she was the main character. I learned that Laverne and Shirley, which was before we were born, uh, uh, Shirley left the show. There are only two people on the show. I didn't know she left. Laverne and Shirley. (laughs) She got into a contract dispute, ended up suing to get away out of the contract. They continued the rest of the season. I think she was only in two episodes. Like, eh, the ratings didn't go down, but they cut. They called the show off. But they didn't expect her to leave. Wow. So Laverne and Shirley had kept that title, but there was no Shirley. She apparently left a note in that seat. This, this was the storyline. She left a note and said, oh, I had to go join my husband overseas. Goodbye. He was gone. <laughs> in Two and a Half Men, Charlie died. Remember yeah. that at the funeral? I know one show that went totally downhill when the main character left. What? That, that 70s show, whenever Eric Foreman left. That's a good one. I, did, I never saw that anything like that. Oh, good really? One, yeah. yeah they no, no, I watched the show, but no article I saw mentioned that. They brought in like Seth Meyers' brother. And, and Seth Meyers. Really that was Seth Meyers' brother? Yeah. The guy that does the commercials with him now? Yeah, that was his brother. Because he was kind of a dopey looking dude that looked like Eric Foreman and a they bit. They brought him in. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that one. The Three Stooges lost one of their guys. Oh, they, yeah, Curly. And they brought in Shemp. Yeah. <laughs> Three stu- uh, Three's Company was one. That now Jack Tripper was the main character, but they ended up because Three's Company was about three people, and Chrissy, who was, you know, the leg Suzanne Summers, yeah, they switched her out, and another hot blonde came in, and so Three's Company changed because the other one came in. But then later on, and I don't remember the name, the, the title of the show, but it was Thirteen Secrets to Date My Teenage Daughter or something with with. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, what's his name? He played Jack Tripper in Three's Company. Eight Simple Rules. Yeah, that's what it is. Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, right? Yeah. That's and what he, it's called? And he died during that show. He died during the show, and they kept it going. Yeah. And I think the teenage daughter was... Kaylee Cuoco. Was, yeah, the girl in Big Bang Theory now. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, John Ritter. John Ritter. That was a good show. I like that show. I never saw it. I remember whoever they brought in, though, people were like, they were kind of okay with it for a minute. Who came in? I don't remember anybody coming famous, in. Though? Like an uncle or something? Let me see. Well, I, I know they just went a few seasons, or maybe a season or two with nobody. Like, they brought the grandpa in a little more. I feel uh, like they brought somebody in. But that show ended. And I guess my final point to this, which was this. Oh, yeah, David Spade was in that show. Did he come in? No, he was already, like, their cousin or something, or uncle. Uh, the, the the final point, because Roseanne's gone, but the real point I wanted to bring is that they announced that the head of The Walking Dead is leaving, and the yeah. show's going to continue on. So Rick Grimes in the show is leaving partially through next season. That's crazy. And I wonder if he wanted to leave, they wanted him to leave, or that was just in the storyline. Because all three really could be options. I could see it being in the storyline. I, I can too. They're getting so far into it. It's like, all right, we got to switch it up to keep it going. Because Daryl's going to be the main dude. Yeah. 
but I can definitely see it. And I think it's hard to keep things a secret now whenever people are watching shows film. Like blogs are out taking... I mean, you can't even do season of The Bachelor now without Reality Steve knowing everybody who's doing everything. Not because he sees it, because there's the spies everywhere. Yeah. You're reporting back to them. And that's why Game of Thrones has to film like three different endings so it doesn't get out. So... Did you ever find who came into that show? No, I didn't that's see it. Right. I could be wrong. <laughs> By the way, uh, we're doing the, the five things this week, and uh, that, that's one of them. The guy from The Walking Dead's leaving. I did finish The Americans earlier today. I watched the last episode. You watched that show at all? No. Good show. I feel like it really started, though, right when television was getting fantastic. It's six seasons in, and I don't feel like it got fantastic. I felt like it was consistently really good got a little slow at times but holy crap all that stuff's probably really happening because it's what they do in the americans is but i'm not spoiling the finale but they're actually russian spies and they're in america and they're spying for russia the whole time but they've come into america and they have these uh you know they took over dead people spot not bodies but their uh identification mm-hmm. that basically stole their identity and so they're living a life and they have kids and while trying to learn as much about America as they can and send secrets back to Russia. So it's a fascinating idea. And as you watch it, and as all the things that have happened now, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, this is happening. Yeah. Like, I used to be crazy when I thought this is, but for sure. <laughs> but I'll watch the, the final episode of that. So that's number one, inside the five things. Uh, number two, I was watching a story about this NFL football player. He's a lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's now a medical doctor. Wow. So not only is he a current NFL player, he just graduated medical school. The day he was drafted, he also did an emergency C-section. No way. <laughs> and right now, the, the big question is, can they add MD to his jersey? Because he just graduated. Yeah, he has to. That's awesome. But it's never <laughs> been done before. I think so, too. It is part of his name now. Yeah. Like, he gets to be an MD. So there's never been an NFL player with MD medical doctor listed on their jersey. But he went to school in Canada. He's playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out to that dude. He stayed all through medical school. And it, a bit the team worried. They're like, hey, why are you dedicated to football? It's like, of course I am. Why would I be here? Why would I do this as a secondary thing? Like, I'm able to do two things at once. Completely. He would show up to practice and scrub sometimes, go straight from one to the other. I've never heard of it, anything like that. You know, the closest thing would be whenever at the University of Arkansas, Dan Hampton, this is before I was born, but it's kind of a legendary story. He played in the band and played football. So he wouldn't go in at halftime with the Razorbacks, he would stay in his football uniform and grab his instrument and go march with the band. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the same yeah. thing. Not to, but, I, but this guy's in the NFL and a medical doctor. And it will be interesting to see if MD ends up on the back of the jersey and then how many people buy that jersey because it is something pretty cool. Yeah. And also a good example to show kids as well. But he goes, I'm not going to play football forever. You know, I love medicine. I like to help people. And I've been able to do this and play. That's two totally different worlds. How do you completely do that? Yeah. That's amazing. That's number two. Uh, number three is I have some songs that I think this is uh, like new music on Friday. It comes out. I mean, today's Saturday, so but new music comes out on Friday. So here are five songs that I think you should stream or download, and maybe some you didn't know. But the first one, let's do. There's a new Kanye record that's seven songs, mm-hmm. and so this is called All Mine from Kanye. Yeah, you so What'd you think of this record? I like it so far. Have you listened to all of it? All of it, yeah. So, I listened to the Kanye record. It sounds like old Kanye. 
Yeah. That sonically it does. Listen, I like it. I wanted Kanye to explain why he's been crazy. Like, I wanted him to... And he does talk about mental, mental health. Mm-hmm. But I wanted him to talk about why he's turned all to Trump. Why he's done a lot of the nutty things that he's done. Not even talking about the political thing. But he's... I, I just wanted answers. And, but he didn't answer anything. It's more of a family man record. Yeah. It's good, though. I like it. First track... I wondered if it was just going to be all spoken word because the first track he talks for two and a half minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I called up my loved ones. I called up my cousins. I called up the Muslims. Said I'm about to go dumb. Get so bright as no It's tough sun. for me to judge Kanye because I just like Kanye. Like, I not dislike. I just like Kanye. Yeah, I was probably going to like it either yeah, way. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and so I tried to find reasons to go, oh, I wish it would. But I was going to like it. it. He was going to have to prove to me that I didn't like it more than prove that I like it because I'm just a big fan of Kanye his music the fact that he's love him or hate him he's always relevant always <laughs> he's always a step ahead or behind meaning however you feel politically at one point or the other you've loved Kanye because you've, you've, he just he jumps from side to side but so yeah I, I really like the Kanye record but uh, this, those seven songs came out they didn't come out in a timely manner they came nope. out at like noon yeah. on, <laughs> And usually what happens are up at midnight. Uh, here's new music from Luke Combs, Must Have Never Met You. That's the number one downloaded song in country music right now. Wow. It's not a single. I mean, he has a passionate yeah. fan base. I like to do it a lot too, so I just full disclosure, I like Luke a lot. But passion, I think four of the top five downloaded songs in the country music format are from Luke Combs. And that's legit numbers. I don't know how many have been downloaded, but here's the difference in a thing like iTunes and Spotify. So if you download, which downloads are definitely going down, but if you download, we see the ranking of how many in order. On Spotify we see the the, the spins, the plays, the streams. But they could have been influenced by a playlist. You could have just stumbled upon that. On iTunes, you don't stumble upon spending $1.29 yeah, on a song. You download it. So that's more, even though the sample size is a bit smaller, that's more of a legitimate marker of what songs are being consumed on purpose. And that, that Luke Combs song, Must Have Never Met You, is number one right now. So check that. He put out a record with five new songs on it. Dave Matthews Band has a song called Again and Again. In and out here we I'm a big Dave fan. I didn't know that was coming out. Uh, there's new music from Dan and Shay. This is called Alone Together. We should be alone together. over there in the corner nobody else can see. Keeping each other We should be alone together. I think that Dan Smyers of Dan and Shay is probably the most vision-forward artist that I know. You know... He was over at the house last week. We were talking just about content. I, I look at that group, and they're the leaders in understanding to be in the marketplace. You constantly have to put yourself back in the marketplace. You have to remain in there. So this week it's a video. Next week it's a song. Next week it's a. It, they're constantly doing it in 
our world where people put out a record and they wait a year, uh, you know, they get it. They're, what's happening with Dan and Shay is, even if you're not a fan of their music, everyone's going to be running by their playbook in 18 months because they're kind of creating a new path for artists. And they understand what a lot of these pop people are doing. Just put, put it out. You know, give your fans what the fans want, which is more things to be fans of. Uh, one final song is uh, Florida Georgia Line. They put out a song called Simple. It's like one, two, three. Just as easy as can be. Just the way you look at me. Make me smile. Ain't no need to complicate it. We both know that's overrated. We've been there and say the same. It ain't our style. It's just that simple. So they have another song out called Colorado as well. They put out two new songs. And so, yeah, it's been a while. What I have heard is that they were going to come with music earlier, but they didn't expect Meant to Be to be such the smash that it is. As a matter of fact, I don't think, just from me thinking out loud, that it was ever supposed to cross over and be the country song. Because that smooth, Mm -hmm. like a black belt, that was their song. And they pulled that because Meant to Be was skyrocketing up the pop charts. And obviously it's the jam. So I think they've been sitting on music for a while. They they put it out. I mean, I like the sound. I like Mumford. I like High Valley. I mean, it's a bit you know banjo, four on the floor. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. kick drum. Yeah, I like I like whistles and songs. I love whistles. I love claps and songs. I love kids and songs like Jay Z, Hard Knock Life. Like how do you not smile? When <laughs> but I always like whistles and claps and and kids. So there there's new music there. Uh, the difference is with with music now. There are two ways to play things and. You're starting to see artists do this more. You can play to radio, which if I were advising an artist to play to radio, keep it up B-dish, about 2 minutes and 50 seconds, max 310. I love a good 3-minute song. Okay, if it's 2.59, I have an erection. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, all right. Because people's attention spans are so much shorter. But playing to radio is not the hear all, end all, or whatever they say. But you also have to play to the consumer and where the consumer is, where, is where you can put the longer songs, the ballads. It's too different. You're just targeting two different things now. Because the way the artists are making money right now is through radio. I don't think with how radio is structured that in three to four to five years, people are just going to want to hear a playlist of people picking your songs for you and going, okay, here it is, and then 20 minutes of commercial. Like something's going to have to change with how we do radio. And I think a lot of our success too as a show has been our ability to take and turn a lot of it digital. Um, even with things like this show or things like the um, podcast of the radio show, we do extra in the front of the show. So if, as an artist, you have two groups you shoot for. One, the radio, which hopefully brings people back to your body of work and they can see the other elements of you. And with that radio shot, it's two minutes, 50 seconds, and shoot it hard and keep it upbeat because radio programmers are like, Rah! and then there's the consumer music, the cooler type music, stuff, stuff you can kind of take a breath on. Like this podcast, for example. Mm-hmm. This show would never be on the radio. No. It's just it's too much. But the people that do listen to it have a passion for it because we get to take a breath and get in to a second and third layer. And sometimes it's not interesting, but if it's not, that's okay. Just skip past it yeah. or turn it off. <laughs> uh, you know, music now is basically a promotional tool to be able to make more music. And what I mean by that is as streaming continues to jump and it's it's going to be a completely streaming world at some point as, uh, as streaming continues to jump you make music 
So people become a fan of you and consume your other product, meaning shirts, pins, concert tickets, things that are actual tangible, and that money goes back into making more music, which goes back into having to sell experiences, sell mm -hmm. items. So I always tell people to really support your favorite artist, buy a t-shirt if you're at a show, because you think that doesn't make a difference? Pfft. Yeah. It makes all the difference. Like Brandon Ray comes out, you know, and Brandon Ray's opening right now, and we have a lot of artists that are opening up, you know, later on in the year. But the artists, I think Brandon, I think I pay him 1100 bucks a show. Now, that's not his travel. He's got to pay for flights. You know, it's, that's 400 bucks for his flight. He's got to pay for food. He's got, so at the end of it, you know, he's probably doing four or 500 bucks a night. And that's if he doesn't bring a player. If he brings a player, he's got to pay him 250, 300 bucks a show, and, which he doesn't bring a player because he's, he's able to do it himself. But he really is able to pay his mortgage on merch. Like he comes and gets paid to play the show, but really he's getting paid to play the show so people take that music and like the music to buy merch so he can pay his bills. So it's the same thing with music and streaming music. Like these artists, you have to create this music, create this project. People become a passion. It's a thing. You play it. You love it. You listen to it. You stream it all you want. Unless it's getting 10, 20 million streams, they ain't making no money off of it. But how do they make money? You support them in their other ways. So music turns into a promotional tool. So they buy concert tickets. They buy merch, which allows you to make more music. It's a cycle. I don't know if any of that makes sense. It does. I mean, that's what I do. If I like a band, I'll go see them. I'll buy the actual like record. I like collecting the vinyl. So like having that physical thing is cool and buying a shirt. So that, I, but I stream everything else. And we think that, oh, these artists are making a ton of money. You don't make anything unless you're the big dog. And see, there's no middle class really in music. It's tough. It's all poor until not poor anymore and you have a lot. So I would suggest if you really like an artist to kind of investigate what they're about and find something you like, or just go to a show, go buy a ticket. Like that's a, that's a thing too, yeah. buying a ticket. So, I mean, that's really how you can tell how far someone's career has progressed. I don't look at YouTube views. I don't look at Spotify spins. I don't look at even radio. Cause I know people who've had two and three number one hits that can't sell a hundred people in the room. So it's really how many people can you get to come to a show? Yeah. Uh, let me talk about LifeLock for a second. Ooh, check this out. The FBI released a report citing internet crime complaints with losses over $1.4 billion from the 300,000 complaints received by their Internet Crime Complaint Center in 2017. The top two crimes reported were non-payment, non-delivery, and personal data breaches. So it's just people trying to get your identity. So that's what it is. And it's mostly because of human and technical weaknesses. That's what they target. That's what these people trying to steal your information do. There's so many threats in today's digital world. Good thing that new LifeLock... Identity theft protection now includes the power of Norton security for added protection. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to help protect against identity theft, like your info for sale on the dark web. Norton helps protect against online threats like ransomware. If you have a problem, their agents work to fix it. No one can stop every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft, but new LifeLock with Norton security can uncover threats that you might otherwise miss. Join now and get, in it. get your first year an additional 10% off with a low price of $7.99 a month plus applicable taxes. LifeLock.com, promo code BONES. LifeLock.com, promo code BONES. So that's one. By the way, there's a, you can hear the Sore Losers sports podcast on this same channel. Eventually, they're going to have their own channel. But Raymond and Eddie talked about Game 1 of the NBA Finals. And we, you may hear this way later on. But neither one of them watched Game 1 of the NBA Finals. <laughs> and that's my only point on this, not to go back and listen to it for game analysis. 
But somehow I was interested and neither one of them watched it. But here's the thing. It's a bit of reality in that we're not watching all the games anymore. We really are watching things yeah. in YouTube clips and Sports Center and the internet. And that's what they talked about. They watched it oh, on, on the clip. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing with Ray's because he goes to sleep so early, he misses a bunch of games during the week. But so most he... people miss everything yeah. during all the time. And as I, at first I was like, why are these guys talking about this game? And they didn't watch the game. But then I go, oh, they watch it like most people watch things yeah. in bits later on. And then you go back and see it on Twitter, what everybody's talking about. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was interesting. Lunchbox held out and didn't do it because the paperwork isn't done. Whatever that means, I don't know. I'm going to tell you, Mike D and I did this show for a year with no paperwork. Yeah. We barely have paperwork now. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, paperwork. But you can, what those knuckleheads should do is just start doing shows. And by the time paperwork's done, they're going to get 20 shows in and yeah. people are already following them. But that's not how Lunchbox does it. Yeah. You like to sign a paper first. He, want, <laughs> he wants to do as little as possible until he has to. That show will just end up being Ray and somebody else. My prediction is the sore losers will be Ray and somebody that comes out of nowhere, and they'll just end up doing that show together in a year. Ray's good. He's entertaining. Yes, <laughs> he is. And Eddie doesn't know anything about sports. <laughs> uh, that, and finally, my number five thing, number four was that. Number five thing was I got the first hard copy of my book, and I saw that you, you made a list of three things that you noticed. I did. Okay, go ahead. Number three, I noticed that it's longer than the first book, like 30 or 40 pages longer. Okay, so the book is 272 pages. Yeah. That being said, 40 of it are B-team names. Oh, that counts in the page count? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I think the book is like 221 pages, and 40 of it are B-team. Wow, names. that's crazy. The book company, so we came up with the idea. I said, I want everyone that pre I just think pre-orders for the sake of pre-orders are dumb. Because you can just wait till order day and get it, pay the same amount of money. And maybe sometime between when you pre-order it and the day it comes out, you decide you didn't want it. So why would you pre-order something ever unless there's something extra to it? So I told the book company, I've never heard of this before, but what if everyone that pre-orders it within this hour, we print their name in the back of the book as a shout-out to the B team? And they said, okay, cool. I said, but yeah, you guys have to understand, it may be a bunch of pages, and you have to print this out in every book. And they're like, well, it's not, it's not it's going to be 20 pages or anything. And I said, listen, if it's going to be an issue... <laughs> that you're not going to print them if it hits over a certain amount, then we shouldn't do this. I'm like, nah, I don't worry about it. What do you, what's it going to be? 100 names? 500 names? 1,000 names? Yeah. Uh, no, it's 40 pages. And they're like, it's crazy. Was there an issue once they saw the total? Of they, there couldn't be because we already agreed on it. Okay. If they, had an, they probably had an in-house slightly mental uh, breakdown. Yeah. Because that costs a lot of money. Yeah. But the book's over 200 pages. Um. But yes, it is longer. I think it's a little bit longer than the first one anyway, but I wanted to keep it short. I just didn't want it to be that long. I started reading it back again last night. I think the first part's really good. I'm into the second part a little bit, the fight part of it. I just don't think when I read back jokes that I'd written, I, I don't think my own stuff's funny that often. Like I read back and go, hmm, you know, I get it. I get why I think that. Some, uh, I thought the first part was really good. The second part, I'm still sifting through it's okay uh what do you got what else? Uh, some people use like funny names in the b team section <laughs> did you see anything that made you laugh it was like the was it a big d or something <laughs> oh yeah his name was like big d johnson and yeah I'm like, you had a big d penis yeah. yeah i think they blocked out any names they thought were dirty though yeah i think that was in when whenever you submitted it couldn't be dirty is that what it said yeah and people say to me hey what is money back there what if it there we can't my thing and i don't know this yet but there's no way that we're able to put 
you know, 15,000 names back there or whatever it is without somebody getting their name spelled wrong or somebody being left off. Just the law of numbers. Yeah. And I think that's why legally they put that line in there. You may not make it. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. I had nothing to do with the promotion. Just came up with it. But they run it all legally. And people are mad at me. I don't know anything about it. Except I don't know what names were sent in. I came up with the idea because I wanted to do it for the listeners. They said yes, and they handled it all. And so hopefully nobody gets mad. Just when you have that many, somebody's going to be upset, you know? Yeah. Uh, number one thing you noticed about the new book? You dedicated it to Dusty. I did. Yeah, and I had never read that back because it was the first time I got the hard copy. Hit me a little bit hard because I was like, man. Yeah. You know, I tell a little joke. It goes, sad joke, kind of sad on the dedication. And so, yeah, man, that was it. I mean, when I was writing, he, I think he died when I was just finishing writing the book. And so, yeah, it's out. It comes out June 19th, so 17 days, a little over two weeks from now from recording this. So, uh, yeah, I think those are the five things. I also think that we're going to forget, I was trying to type a password into Facebook earlier, and I couldn't remember my password. But there's a little key on there, and you hit the key, and then it shoots your face, and then it remembers it for oh, you, yeah. <laughs> and loaded it up. And I was like, oh, this is convenient. And I started to think, I don't know anyone's cell phone number, because cell phones started storing cell phone numbers. Well, you know, why would you know anyone's phone number now? Just the numbers that you knew before you had to memorize, before you got them for free, are the only numbers we know. I know my home number growing up. I know my best friend's number growing up. I don't have any more numbers. So cell phones have eliminated any need for us to have to remember numbers. Now, GPS for me has eliminated any reason for me to know where I'm going. I don't know how to get around Nashville. I have no idea. I've lived for five years now. <laughs> I just get the Google Maps. takes me everywhere. So I don't know how to get anywhere because I never have to learn it. I just follow. I don't learn. I just follow. My prediction in the future is None of us are going to know our passwords ever again. Passwords are going the way of directions, going the way of cell phone numbers. We're going to create it, then someone's going to store it, but here's where it gets dicey, is that eventually all this is going to crash down. We're not going to know how to contact each other. We're not going to know our way around, and we're not going to know how to get into our stuff. So there's no stuff to get into, and we're going to end up like the freaking Walking Dead, and it's going to be, that, that's how we're all going to die. It's the downfall. <laughs> the downfall is that everything gets easier. And because everything is getting so easy, we're not having to acquire skills in survival. And eventually there will become a time, probably in our lifetime, maybe not, where survival is required and we're not going to be able to do it because we've been trained now to not worry about it. And I'll leave you with that. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's kind of what happened this week. Some things. We'll go out and jump in the swimming pool. Which is probably why we did the podcast yeah. anyway. I was feeling guilty about having a phone pool. So I was like, hey, we should probably work. Let's work a little bit and then go jump yeah. in the pool. Let's work a little bit. So uh, there's that. Thank you very much. Don't forget, check out Christian Bush. He has his podcast, Geeking Out, where he talks to people, notable people about their passions. Also, Jake Owen has the Good Company podcast. If you're a big fan of Jake, he just kind of takes you behind the scenes of his life. Velvet's Edge, Kelly Henderson, talks to famous stylists. Fans feel from television about style and style culture and culture of style. Yeah, she yeah. had someone on from Project Runway this week. Did she? Yeah. Uh, she actually styles Amy and then helps me with clothes too. I prefer not to say styles me because sometimes I just don't have style and I don't want her <laughs> to be suffering from me when I'm just wearing sweats. You know what or, I mean? Or when you go rogue and change it at the end. Oh, I do that. <laughs> when, if she doesn't come with me, which is most of the time, 
and I have an event out of town, and this is the clothes, I'll just go, yeah, I don't want to wear that. I'm going to go with this tie-dye shirt instead. <laughs> and she's like, and no. She'll see it. Yeah, the red shoes on American Idol got me in trouble. Uh, there's that, and then don't forget the whiskey uh, riffraff, whiskey riffraff. Those guys are just big fans of country music and artists out by in Chicago. Talk to them, kind of a fan perspective. That's it. Thank you very much. Thanks to the Life Lock, and uh, we will see you soon. Goodbye.